Lots of restaurant news happening around town. We're going to catch you up on that, plus more on the next Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Ellie Tolbert. Hi. And Jason Thomas. What it is. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news, plus plenty of opinions on what's going on here in Louisville, Kentucky this week. Uh, we got a lot of restaurant news to talk about. Uh, Ellie, you just wrote about Against the Grain opening a sandwich shop. And Against the Grain, of course, is a brewery. Uh, so tell us about that. Where's that going? Yeah, so a lot of restaurant news this week. Um, Against the Grain is opening a sandwich shop. It's called Against the Grain Sandwich Emporium. Um, and it's going downtown on South uh, 7th Street, I right. think. Yeah. And it's in a spot that used to be another place sandwich shop. So it already was a sandwich shop and it's going to be another sandwich shop. So it's going to be another place for sandwiches. What's that, Jason? I never made it to another place. I heard it was really good, though. Me neither. I heard great things. Um, it was there forever. I didn't make it. Yeah, it was a long time, like 25 years or something. I can't remember, but it was a long time. Um, but yeah, exciting uh, to see Against the Grain doing that. Uh, and then uh, they've got a lounge in the basement of that place too, right? Yeah. So they bought um, the another place sandwich shop that was upstairs, and then the basement was Jimmy Can't Dance, you know, downstairs. And so they bought both of those places. The Jimmy Can't Dance turned into the Flamingo Lounge, which opened in July. Um, which, when I was talking to uh, one of the owners on the phone the other day, he was like press we haven't been doing a lot of press about flamingo lounge because it's a speakeasy it's on the down low um so now that it's been open for yeah it's been open (laughs) for two months he's more willing to talk about it i was gonna um, say if we're gonna call these places speakeasies then you know should be cool about it gotta make it damn hard to find (laughs) these places too right right (laughs) there needs to maybe there is maybe i'm just not hip enough to know maybe there are secret speakeasies out there that uh you know I found one. Can I can I go on a tangent here? Of course, go. You know that the new uh, sandwich shop there in Nulu that has a really nice bar, the cocktail bar attached to it. Mm -hmm. Gosh, what is the name of it? I knew I was going to forget the name, but anyway, (laughs) I went there with my brother and friend, and we were sitting there in that nice bar part, just having some drinks, and we kept seeing people going into this door and just disappearing. And so the curiosity got the better of me. So what is down there? To the server, and she said, "That's our speakeasy." Here, I thought the speakeasy was that nice cocktail bar that everybody was going into. So we ended up going down there and it is super cool. Yeah. It's like, yeah. A, it has a bunch of stone walls and it's like very just. I've seen the door that you're talking about. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think I knew it was a speakeasy, but probably because Haley told me it was. So uh, <laughs> there you go. It's fun to discover yeah. these things. Yeah, totally. And that's uh, part of the whole bourbon culture, right? Um <laughs> So, uh, so Ellie, they, Against the Grain also recently did something in Butchertown too, right? It was earlier this summer. Yeah. So they've been doing a lot because they opened or they're opening. It's not open yet. They started, um, bought the place and I'm starting construction soon on a music venue in Butchertown. So it's going to be a bit different from their other stuff because they're not going to have any food. It's just going to be drinks and then, um, music and it's called the Whirling Tiger, 
mm-hmm. and, which is kind of a cool name because they got that from a historical Louisville reference. Apparently there was a bunch of tornadoes that took out Butchertown in like the 1800s um, and they called them the whirling tiger tornadoes or something. So, um, so yeah, that place sounds cool too. It's in the old Odeon location. So nice. Even uh, you're probably old enough to remember toy tiger, right? Is this an ode to the old toy tiger? I, that is be- before my time. So I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it it before my drinking much. days. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was before I could drink. Uh, there was a nightclub called the toy tiger and it was, it's just legendary. I think because it was so trashy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was like trashy in a charming way <laughs> the best kind of know. places hopefully i didn't offend any uh toy tiger aficionados and get some mullets come out at you now come on you know what out. if i did it's okay you know it's all right it's i think it's been show. a while they could get over it but yeah <laughs> it's okay you know not everything needs to last some things are just <laughs> in the moment and that's all you need studio 54 yeah there you go exactly um and uh let's see so and then switching gears um in another restaurant today going into the old pestos location that's called huge impact right what's that about yeah so that's um they have one location so far in indianapolis um so they're opening their second location in louisville because the owner um is actually a louisville native so all of his family is here he still will live in indianapolis but he wanted to open a place here um that his family can enjoy and all of his friends that are here. Um, so yeah, so that's in the Pestos location downtown as well. So yeah, and it was uh, I think he described it as uh, what American food with an exotic it's, twist. Yeah, it, he's yeah he said American food with an exotic twist, and he sent me like pictures of the food and stuff, and I can see what he means because there's definitely spices. It, it, it's kind of burgers, you know, fish, chicken, but there's definitely more going on there than just your classic american food so yeah yeah it looks uh the food pictures look good so uh sounds like a cool place did you ask about that name where did the name huge impact come from so i actually didn't ask him about it but on their website it says um their tagline is let's make a huge impact on your appetite so (laughs) sounds kind of fun um i'm assuming that's the gist of it but i don't know if there's more uh explanation behind the name yeah, that's uh, it's it's a wild name, but uh, yeah, I like it. Uh, and then lastly, uh, Deca, uh, former new new ugh, former Nulu restaurant, that's coming back, right? Yeah, so they closed in last December because um, of COVID, and so then they've been closed for a while. And I spoke with um, one of the owners, and he said they've done some renovations on the building. So it's all shiny and new and ready to reopen. And it reopened yesterday. So, all right. I'm excited about that one. That patio was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I went there for a story once um, and uh, it, it had a really cool vibe. Um, I didn't eat there like socially though. So, uh, but I did hear a lot of good things. It was kind of an upscale place. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely the kind of place you'd take out town out of towners. So, uh, that's another place with a cool basement, kind of like a cellar area. It kind of reminds me of that speakeasy in New Luke. It's old stone. Hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's really cool down there. Yeah. And they said the I'm, building I assume was, they kept it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I hadn't heard, but uh, um, I, th- I think that building's super old. I, I can't remember what you said in your story. Yeah. Ellie, but. He said it was built in the like 1890s or something. So, mm-hmm. which is why they 
hence the renovation. Um, so, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of character in that building too, and kind of, uh, kind of just been one of those new loose staples for a long time. Glad to see that back. Yeah. Uh, there was a change in ownership, right? With Annie Petrie, with former celebrity chef that was there, she's moved on. Now there's someone new moved in, right? Yeah. So there, so she moved, um, on to other things in March of this year. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's actually always been a team of owners. Um, Annie was one of them. And then there's, uh, his name's Chad Sheffield and Kelsey Norris, their husband and wife duo, and they've been owned it as well since 2012. Um, but now new owners have come in, uh, Clay Reynolds and his wife, Amy. Um, and so, you know, they took over after Annie left during the pandemic. And he actually met um, Annie in before DECA opened in 2012 and helped her kind of conceptualize the whole idea. Mm-hmm. So he's he's been a part of it kind of since it was, you know, its conception, but has just now come on as an actual owner. So it's kind of cool. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, yeah, so certainly some cool things going on in the restaurant scenes. Good to see that. I know the restaurants had a, have had a tough, you know, couple of years with uh, the pandemic. So good to see some new stuff uh, coming in and some, you know, old favorites uh, coming back to DECA. David, um, if I could add real fast, I was uh, trolling around my neighborhood there in the Schnitzelberg area, and I noticed that Six Forks Burger Joint is opening up this weekend, just in time for the uh, Schnitzelberg Fall Walk. So there's another one to add to our list. Nice, nice. They used to be on Preston, but this is uh, their first location here in Germany. Germany down there. I love the name Six Forks. It's like Six Flags. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Burgers are an amusement, man. Dive right in. <laughs> exactly. Uh, switching gears <laughs> to other amusements, bourbon bars. Uh-huh. Uh, Jason, you just wrote a story about... The top, I guess Yelp is ranking um, bourbon bars, and a couple of Louisville bars made the list, right? That's right. Trouble Bar in Shelby Park uh, came in at number four, and Steak and Bourbon out in uh, Westport Village came in at uh, number 10. So we've got, yeah, two local joints in the top 25. And those two are not strangers to rankings either because uh, Trouble Bar made Esquire's best bars in America back in May. And uh, Steak and Bourbon was named to Open Table's Best New Restaurants in 2020. So they're just racking up the uh, the notoriety here. Yes. I'm on record as being a Steak and Bourbon fan. <laughs> yes. Cool you said place. you, yeah, I have not been there. But I didn't know they were known for their bourbon, but yeah, I hear about their steak. So it sounds like. Yeah. Bourbon. And that's another thing. I, you know, they have a good selection, <laughs> but I think I was more in love with their uh, steak than their bourbon. But uh, um <laughs> But they do go well together. And I remember they had a great old fashioned. So um, I've been to like, I think we have talked about both these places before on this show. Trouble Bar is a very cool place over in Shelby Park. Um, uh, Been there just once and uh, and had a good time. And then I uh, and then Steak and Bourbon, I've been a couple of times and had a good time. Um, Those are the only two in Louisville um, out of this national list. How many was on the list? Was it 25? 25. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we be mad about the fact that only two Louisville bars made this 
or is it you know it's a big country it, i'm sure you know. there's lots of good urban bars out there. you got to think lexington would have chimed in too but you know that's exactly right david because i was like yeah at first i was like what the heck man but then i got to think and it's, it's a big country you know the number one uh bar is in in brooklyn new york city so you know think about these huge metropolitan areas of course they're gonna have awesome bars but I do have some redemption to announce here. There is a connection to the number one bar. The Moonlight Mile is actually owned by a Louisville native. Uh, what is his name? Oh, that's awesome. So we're uh, out yes, there spreading uh, yeah. the word of Gary, Yes, Gary Embry. <laughs> Gary Embry he founded it with his wife, Becky. And a reader actually pointed this out after our story ran. So I added that to our story. So right. we have a connection to the number one spot. So there is I some think you threw a little salt there way too, didn't you? <laughs> didn't you have some line in there? About... Yeah, yeah people, people aren't up with their history of um, Yeah, like, Yelpers not being here. up with their history. Yeah. <laughs> These Yelpers, so... <laughs> then. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, it's two in the top 10, you know, with the city our side. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. And um, Cincinnati also had one, right? Or, or was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it something Boom. with whiskey and biscuits, yeah. which sound like a, a biscuits combo. and whiskey. <laughs> yeah, you can't go <laughs> wrong with biscuits and whiskey. Boomtown yeah. biscuits and whiskey. You know, I've never been there. A uh, uh, wise person once say, "You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning." So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> good advice. <laughs> So, um, it's not, yeah. you know, bourbon's not, you don't really see bourbon in many, like you're, uh, you know, you could, you could do a mimosa with, you know, vodka, orange juice or a Bloody Mary, but I don't see bourbon as much of a, a breakfast a beverage. Yeah. I'm going to have to try it for breakfast. Yeah, I want to come up with something. If I'm on vacation or something, next, you know, <laughs> what next should time. we mix it with? Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking it straight. Maybe mix it with some, some hot sauce. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe coffee with some cream, a little bourbon yeah. in there. You, I've, put, I've put bourbon in coffee before, yeah, actually. My brother At night, not in the morning. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that, those pair very well together. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so I guess it's not too bad of a thing that, uh, you know, there's great bourbon bars everywhere. At least that Kentucky product is getting out there in the world. Yeah. And Yelp, you know, Yelp is pretty subjective, right? I mean, it's, it's not scientific. So, right. you, know, you know, how they figure this out. So, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of a lot of cool bourbon bars here that definitely could be recognized. I'm mm-hmm. sure they stack up with any on this list. I can't remember if I've ever told this story, but one time I was in New Orleans and um, the bartender, I was at this bourbon bar and the bartender was explaining all this bourbon stuff to me. And I was like rolling my eyes <laughs> at him like, you know who I am. I'm a Kentuckian and I cover bourbon for the business paper in Louisville. But I just nodded along like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know more about bourbon than me. Um, but, um, you know, he was just trying to be nice and tell me about all these different bourbons. So I didn't, I didn't give him too much heck about it. But. Do you think uh, Gary Embry, this little native who owns the number one spot, do you think when people talk to him and he, he mentions he's from Louisville, do you think that carries a little you know, I think extra so. Wait for for folks who find that out. Yeah, I think so because sometimes I mentioned that I'm from Bardstown, which is the bourbon capital of the world, and people are like, "Oh, oh, you know bourbon?" Then and I'm like, "Oh yeah, totally, totally." <laughs> Ask me anything. Me. Yeah, I know it all. Like they gave it to us when we we went to school there. You had to know about <laughs> bourbon. Um, so yeah, I think that probably carries a ton of weight up up in New York. Um, let's see here. All right. Switching gears. One more topic we'll go over today. And that was the, uh, 40 under 40. And this, you know, I guess, Jason, how do you describe it? We're kind of looking for the, you know, the, 
best and brightest, yeah. you know, up and coming professionals, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Exactly. Just future leaders. Yeah. And we've done leaders today. You know? Yeah. Done this program for, I can't remember how many years. A uh, hundred years. <laughs> um, and the first uh, to ever do it. Yes, it was back uh, right around the signing of the Constitution. I think we started doing this uh, program. No, I'm, I'm kidding around. It's, I want to say uh, 20, it's, is it 25 it's been 20 years? years yeah, 20, 25 at least years, 20, something so. like that. I remember um, Shay's going to be mad at us because we had it in his <laughs> column. <laughs> Ellie, Google that real fast. Come on, get on. Get on yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, me who's been here for two months. Yeah, it's been 25 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's uh yeah so it's you know we kind of recognize mm-hmm. the up-and-coming professionals here in louisville and, uh, and we have uh, hall of famers or three hall of famers this year. Mm-hmm. and yeah and, and people that like i think i feel like the hall of fame the 40 under 40 hall of fame is like us saying yeah see we told you because that's recognizing people who used to be 40 under 40s but are now like you know over 40 but are really you know successful or, or industry leaders here in town so and we've only um, been doing that for about five years like yeah, that's that's only been a few uh, few leaders in that one, but uh, but yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's hard to you know put a label on a whole class of people like this. But what did you yeah. think of this class? I mean, well, I, I just found myself impressed with with all these young people. Yeah, and first of all, a big shout out to our photographer Christopher Fryer because the um, the uh, theme was kind of like hidden talents this year. So we asked the class and, you know, this is putting people on the spot, right? You show us your hidden talents or reveal your hidden talents. So uh, they came into our, uh, our office here and, and Chris set up the studio and had people, gosh, we had singers, we had people playing the bongos and we could, we could hear them because the this, this makeshift studio was in our conference room, which is right next to our main office. So the, there were times that we were in a meeting, we could hear these, everybody singing or, or doing their special talents. Yeah. It was, it was just a really, it was just really refreshing, I think, you know, especially after last year, we didn't have the, the in-person event last year, obviously, because of COVID, but this year, just, you know, doing something a little different, and, you know, you see today's paper, paper you just, it just really pops, but, you know, reading through the profiles and editing these, something that really kind of stuck out, stood out to me was the, um, kind of the, the diversity focus, the social justice angle that uh, a lot of these uh, honorees, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are taking this year. Some of these stories are just, you know, gut wrenching. Uh, some of them grew up, you know, really poor. I think one lived in his car for a while, and that, you know, that served as inspiration to, you know, to to uh, improve his standing and, and and do better, and you know, to really translate that into making a difference in the community here in Louisville. So mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I was really blown away reading some of these profiles. For sure. Yeah, me too. Uh, one of them that stood out to me was David Lopez, um, who was uh, uh, originally from San, uh, San Diego. I'm going off memory here. So David, hopefully I get this right. But uh, <laughs> um, he said that, you know, he, he wants to be an inspiration to uh, Latino uh, youth and, 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 and that uh, that group of people, and he remembers being young and uh, watching movies, and he would sit in the theater and watch the credits roll and look for uh, uh, names that were uh, Hispanic or Latino uh, in order to just see that there's someone, you know, 
of his background mm-hmm. fa- had found success. And I, I just, uh, it's really, that story stuck with and me. Um, his special talent was uh, salsa dancing, I believe. Yes. And uh, yeah. he was, he was kind <laughs> enough to dance and uh, do some yeah. salsa. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and at the event he was doing his dance, but well, oh, you no. know, was, one of the, one of the profiles that stood out, I think the one I was mentioning earlier, his name is uh, Terrence Sullivan. And, you know, one of the questions is, what's the hardest you've ever worked? What kind of lesson did you learn? You know, he said, you know, that's a hard question because that's, it's relative to him because he's, he's been working since he was 11. You know, he um, uh, he uh, worked. He's the one that lived that grew up in a lived in a car for a while. And, wow. you know, so it's like uh, spent he spent part of my first and hardest year living in a car in, in college. So it's. I mean, it's just things like that. It really like, puts just, things yeah, in perspective. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It really does. Some of the circumstances people have to overcome. So, mm-hmm. yeah, some great stories there. Uh, you know, that's like Jason said, that's in our print editions, also online at globalbusinessfirst.com. Uh, we had our event, like you said, for the first time, uh, you know, we had to postpone last year because of the pandemic. What was it like to be back in person and be at a business first event again. I think it was our first one back. So. <laughs> right. You know, I think like most people uh, had some trepidation uh, beforehand, a little bit of apprehension just because of the, you know, the, the spike in cases. And I got two youngsters at home, but, you know, I, I was really put at ease when I got there because, you know, we had people sign waivers and everybody was really great about, about doing this, you know, signing a waiver that you've either been vaccinated or you had a negative test within the you know, past 72 hours. And so I felt really at ease uh, at the um, actual event. And it was, you know, the tables were spaced out well. Um, you know, what really, really surprised me is after people got done eating or, you know, drinking during their breakfast, they put their masks back on while sitting at the, at the table, most of them. And I was yeah. looking around, I'm like, wow, you know, because most people That's just nice and responsible. Yeah. 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 So that was nice to see. And 99% of the people who walked up on the stage to get their awards had their mask on. So, you know, as long as people adhere to what these guidelines are supposed to be, I think uh, it, it makes me feel, you know, a lot better. And I'm sure most other attendees too. And it was just a great production. Again, you know, Chris's photos, we had, we showed them in slides and, and, and we had a couple of videos of people doing their talents. So, and the three Hall of Famers gave really good speeches about inspiring the class that was sitting there in front of them. So, oh, yeah. and we had some really great feedback from folks who went to, so it's Really encouraging to see that. All right. All right. Well, we will wrap it up there this week. And uh, before we go, we'll just share our social media handles and uh, where people can find us online. Jason, I'll start with you on this one. Where can people find you online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Scoop Thomas and LinkedIn under my name, Jason Thomas. All right. And Ellie, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at BFLU Eleanor and then on LinkedIn at Eleanor Tolbert. All right. And uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter or Instagram at DMAN3001. Also on LinkedIn under my name, David Mann. Uh, if you like this podcast, you can find it on popular podcast services, including Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Uh, Thank you very much, Jason and Ellie. And thank you guys for listening to us at home. And we'll see you next time. Bye.